Are you in the mood for a good cry? Well, do I have the podcast for you. Thanks to our good friends at Kleenex or Sorbent or Quilton. Look, we don't have a sponsor, but if anyone would like to, whether it be tissue companies or any other company, jump on board. We'd love to have a sponsor of Songs That Change You. That's the podcast you're listening to, by the way. My name is Aiden. Welcome to the show. And yes, today's is a bit of a tearjerker. Aussie Dave is my guest today, and this is one that's really going to touch parents. I don't like to play favourites. I love all the guests that come on Songs That Change You, but I did walk away from this conversation just so excited for everyone to hear it because it is a good one. Much like last week's, really, if you haven't listened to Bill Myers' episode yet, please go back and get that one. Look, this is a back-to-back amazing run. Bill Myers, Aussie Dave, uh, some of the best conversations. It's just getting better and better every episode. Can I say that? I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that about my own podcast, but I just did. Oh, well, let's get into it. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. Back with another episode of Songs That Changed You, where I sit down with a guest and discuss a song that has had a significant impact on their life. And joined today by author, online pastor, and dad, Dave Adamson, aka Aussie Dave. Hello, how you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Can I I'm first ask, like, online pastor, what does that <laughs> mean? Because I think a lot of people will be wondering. Yeah, it's a great question. So, so essentially, uh, I've been an online or social media pastor since 2008, when I left my job as a uh, TV sports reporter and producer for Channel 10 in Melbourne to go into full-time ministry. And essentially, uh, you know, when when I first started in 20, uh, 2008, there were like six or seven other people doing this job in the world. And so wow. it's evolved since then. But essentially what it boils down to is this, you know, in the modern world with social media, websites, apps, podcasts, emails, you name it, uh, people will connect with your church before they connect within your church. And so my role as an online pastor uh, is to help make those connections with people in the local community who are connecting with a church uh, via social media, through websites, through YouTube videos, whatever, and helping them get connected uh, into the church community. So it's moving them from, essentially moving them from online to on-site. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Because I think for a lot of people, myself included, they probably think that it's just a church that runs online. Like there's no actual building or whatever. Sunday morning, you preach a sermon, but you get to listen to it from your couch or your bed if you're that way inclined. Yeah, look, I think for a lot of people, though, that is the reality. And, and, you know, I'm certainly a content creator and I do a lot of stuff, uh, Bible studies online and things like that. But ultimately, you know, the goal, I think, and and this is where a lot of people confuse this idea of online pastor because they think Hebrews 10.25, right? Let us not give up meeting together. Mm -hmm. But in the modern world, meeting together can mean a whole bunch of different things. And I think back in 2008, when I first started, it was the idea about keeping people online and almost treating uh, online church 
church like a campus of a church, but my philosophy and my theology has shifted and changed over the years. And, and now I really believe that context is king on social media. And so the context of a church is to reach people who live within driving distance of a building. And if we can leverage online tools to do that, it just makes the whole uh, outreach side of them that mark, uh, you know, that mark verse that talks about going into all the world yep. to preach the gospel. It makes that a possibility. I really like that because I, I, I exactly the the Hebrews verse that I think a lot of people think about and go, oh no no no, it's not real church, it's not whatever. Yeah, man. If I had a dollar for every time Hebrews ten twenty five has been uh, thrown my way, that would be I'd be rich, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what is the song that you have chosen today? The first thing that popped into my head, and there were a whole lot of songs that popped into my head because I'm a musician. And so I was playing around with all these worship songs and things. But honestly, the one that stood out most to me was this uh, relatively old song uh, called Butterfly Kisses by a guy named Bob Carlyle. For butterfly kisses, after bedtime prayer, sticking little white flowers all Beside the pony daddy, it's my first ride. I know the cake looks funny, daddy, but I should try it. Oh, with all that I've done wrong, I must have done something right to deserve a hug every morning and butterfly kisses at night. I first heard this song uh, just like maybe a day after our daughter was born, our first and eldest daughter was born. I've got three girls. And so, you know, first of all, this song is all about a dad singing to his little girl, like telling the story of his little girl uh, yeah. being raised. So I think somebody put it in, in front of me because of that reason. And so straight away as a brand new, like one day, 24 hour old dad, the song really resonated with me. But then my daughter was actually born with a tumor on her spine that required her to have a quite significant surgery when she was about six days old, like wow. she had like a five hour operation. And the doctors were, were you know, had told us at the time that uh, they didn't think she'd be able to walk afterwards because there was so much manipulation that they would need to do on her, her spine. And it's funny, you know, the lyrics of that song popped into my head just after I told that because what it, gosh, look, I'm getting emotional already just even thinking about it. Take your time. It's um, okay. There's a line, there's a line in the song, um, you know, the, the song walks through this girl, little girl growing up and, and uh, the things she experiences with her dad. And then towards the end, it says, walk me down the aisle, daddy. And I honestly went through this process of not being sure if I'd actually be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. And so the song, like you can tell, right? I'm I'm super emotional, even just yeah. thinking about it now. My daughter's 22 now and she's fine. She walks perfectly. Like she, she's had this real miraculous healing, but it's still something that draws up emotion in me because I remember going back to that moment when you know, this song just reminded me of all the things that I wanted yep. uh, from my relationship with my daughter as a dad. And and that drove me into this uh, season, this moment when we, uh, during that time when my daughter was having the surgery, where the only thing I could rely on was God. 
The only thing I could rely on was was my heavenly father walking with me in those moments. And so the song now has dual meanings for me, um, you know, both uh, an awareness that as a dad myself, this song had a significant impact, but it also reminds me of the fact that I have a heavenly father um, who feels the same way, if not more about me as I do about my little girl. When When I get emotional thinking of walking down the aisle with my daughter, Imagine how much more uh, feeling and how much more hope and purpose God has for me as as his his child, as his son. So there's multiple reasons why this song is significant to me now. So your daughter is 22 now, you said? 22, yeah. She's about to turn 23. So we're talking 22, 23 years ago. <laughs> and first time dad, like that's scary in itself, not knowing mm. what's going to happen. You know, you've got a new kid and you can read all the books but nothing really prepares you and then all of a sudden yeah. you're thrust into this situation did you know prior to her being born that there might have been complications mm. or was this something that you were surprised with at the time it's a great question no we did not know it wasn't picked up uh, in any ultrasounds or anything along those lines and and just to put it into a bit of perspective the tumor was on her coccyx bone like that's your tailbone and it was the size of her head when she was born wow and the first time that we even knew something was wrong you know first time parents first time in labor mm. um and so you know uh, i remember during that birthing process without getting too graphic um our daughter's head and shoulders had come out but uh she was stuck and she was stuck for about 45 minutes now we didn't know We've had two other girls since, and you know, as soon as the head and shoulders come out, basically it's stand back and catch the baby, right? Because, yep. but with this, you know, we didn't know that there was an issue, but for 45 minutes, she was stuck. And the reason was the tumor was stuck on my wife's pelvic bone, and they had to do a, a really weird rem- uh, maneuver to get her out. And as soon as they got her out, the doctor straight away, you know, after the emotion had calmed down of our daughter's born, and, and we just thought she looked normal healthy and everything along those lines but then uh the doctor told us that she had a tumor on her spine and we we had a look at it and yeah it was about the size of her head so it was a pretty significant operation for her to to have that removed and you can imagine removing something that large from the bottom of her spine meant that that's why they were concerned about whether or not she would actually be able to walk or, or would have trouble walking yeah and, and, you know, they said we probably wouldn't be able to find anything out as far as how much mobility she would have until she was about four or five years old. But man, only God, right? So a year off, a year and one week after her, after she was born, she took her first steps and she has never stopped. Like she's just, <laughs> you wouldn't know anything was wrong. Like literally, we don't even think about it anymore, but, but, but that's how God works. And this is the power of music, right? Yeah. Because it just takes you back to yep. those moments, you know, that, that, specific season or that specific moment and and this song this song for me man it really takes me back to literally the the moment when i handed chelsea uh, my daughter over as an infant to the nurses who are about to take her into the operating theater and my wife was still recovering from a traumatic birthing experience so i was alone sitting there with my daughter just you know (laughs) thinking through the lyrics of the song as i'm holding her all wrapped up and, and then the nurse came in and said we have to take her away now and i prayed for her for that one last last time in that moment those lyrics started to come back to my mind they started to come back that melody started to come back as well and i walked out of the room in the royal children's hospital in melbourne 
and which you can imagine is a really busy hospital, right? Yeah. But as I walked out of the waiting area, I was standing in one of those hospital um, hallways, right? That seems like it goes on forever in either direction. And as I walked out, I was the only person, the only person in that entire hallway, which when I look back now, that seems so unusual. But for me in that moment, I walked out into the hallway and just dropped to my knees and started praying again that God would do the, do the thing that only God could do in that moment. And um, not only did he follow through on that, but I've learned some valuable lessons out of that. You know, as Christians, we go through seasons when life gets hard, right? When life sure. gets tough. And we, all do. And, and we often think of scripture in those moments. And scripture talks about being in the wilderness, being in the desert seasons of, of our life when things seem dry and uh, when things seem like they're not going as planned and we don't know how we're going to be able to take the next step. But that moment has always impacted me. That that hospital hallway has always impacted me uh, for a number of reasons. But the most clear one for me, the, the, the largest one that I constantly keep going back to, is this idea that when we're in those moments of wilderness seasons, when we're in the middle of a desert and it doesn't, we don't feel like we can take another step forward. That's when God is actually closest to us. That's mm. when he's the most near to us. You know, I've got to spend a lot of time in Israel and I lead tours in Israel. And one, one time I remember I spent a week in the Judean wilderness, literally the place where Jesus was tempted, right? For 40 days? And I spent a week. Oh, well, I was only there for seven. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you're not it was Jesus. actually six. Yeah, I'm not Jesus either. <laughs> um, but, you know, being in the middle of that desert, I remember there was one point I was doing some devotional, filming some devotions for an organization that I work with. And they'd asked me to go out into the middle of the desert, like as far as I could. And I probably walked about four kilometers away from where the crew was so that they could get these drone shots of me with this epic background and everything like that. And, and it was in those moments, this hospital hallway came back to my mind in a really significant way. Like it, that was the thing that I thought of. And I remember thinking in that moment, you know, sometimes our desert doesn't look like sand. It doesn't look like dirt. Sometimes our desert season oh, looks yeah. like a hospital hallway. Sometimes it looks like the waiting room of a doctor's surgery. Sometimes it looks like, you know, the waiting room of a police station. You know, our desert can look like a whole bunch of different things, but it's in those moments that usually what we we ask God is, you know, God, when can I get out of this desert? Because I want to get to the other side. I look back now on that time and I realize that's the wrong question. The question shouldn't be when can I get out of this desert? It should be what can I get out of this desert? What okay. can I get out of this season that I'm going through that I will apply for the rest of my life? Now I'm looking back 22 years, yeah? And what I've taken out of that desert season for me is simply that I can rely on God because God came through 22 years ago with my daughter. And if he can come through in that, then he can come through in the things that I'm facing today. And so, you know, you asking me to pick a song, you asking me to, 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 to just name a song that has a significant meaning to you. It's actually, I'm not going to lie, it's been a bit of a journey for me. Like as I've thought back on that and I've thought back on all the other times that God's come through and this is the power of music. This is the power of a song because it's not just a reminder. Like you literally get transported emotionally back into that moment because that's what music can do, right? Absolutely. And 
whether you listen to it every day or whether you listen to it, you know, 20 years between, you instantly have those same feelings, those yeah. those significant moments come flooding back to you uh, like yeah. it's like it's happening right now because the music stirs up the emotions and and the and the meaning whether the author or writer intended it that way or what you attach to it all comes yeah. flooding back. Yeah. We all have those songs, right? Growing up, you know, those high school songs that you grew up with that when you hear this song played on the radio, it, it takes you back and you remember these these good moments. But songs can also bring up those moments of significance that weren't necessarily good, yeah. but maybe some goods yeah. come out of it. And that's what this, you know, that's what this process has been for me. I'm so glad that you gave me the opportunity to, to think back on this because for me it's been a real journey not just remembering and being thankful and grateful for the fact that my daughter is healthy and she's thriving in in life but also it's just been a personal uh, reminder that god always has come through and god will always come through dave have you read the comments for butterfly kisses on youtube i would encourage you not to Unless you want to just flood your keyboard with tears because every comment that is left on there is like, oh, my dad's in jail and this is our song uh, or like my daughter passed away. Like, like it's just a minefield of disaster. Unless you want to have a good cry, have a good cry for a good day or two. Yeah. I'm, next time I need to have a cry, I might just go and do Hit that. It up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for sharing all that. I really appreciate it. And we're going to chuck the song on for everyone now. Uh, this is Bob Carlisle with Butterfly Kisses. Dave, thank you so much. No worries, man. I'm going to go and get some tissues so I can listen to it. <laughs> There's two things I know for sure. She was sent here from heaven And she's daddy's little girl As I dropped to my knees by her bed at night She talks to Jesus And I close my eyes And I thank God for all of the joy in my life Oh, but most of all For butterfly kisses after bedtime prayer Sticking little white flowers All up in her hair Walk beside the pony daddy It's my first ride I know the cake looks funny daddy But I should have tried Oh, with all that I've done wrong I must have done something to deserve a hug every morning And butterfly kisses at night Sweet sixteen today She's looking like her mama Little more every day. One part woman, the other part girl. To perfume and makeup from ribbons and curls. Trying her wings out in a great big world. But I remember butterfly kisses after bedtime. 
This episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited, and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to get in touch, maybe you have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidang at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening.